Hey there, welcome to the Business Builders Lab podcast. Now, if you're watching this as a video, thank you. Please subscribe to the channel that you found this on. Or if you're listening to this in audio, then you know what? I'm on Anchor FM. That's kind of my home base. But you know what? You, probably, you could have found me through any of those other uh, podcast channels. <laughs> so um, I hope you enjoy today's episode. It's episode one. I'm really excited to share with you all my knowledge and to bring special guests um, on board on a weekly basis and have them share their heartfelt stories with you around business and life. Because you know what? The two are really intertwined. And um, as females and males, you know, we are living in a society now where we really want to be able to combine lifestyle and our business lifestyle together, right? We want to be able to work shorter hours um, and less and have more time in that day, you know, for our families, right? We want to spend more time exercising and eating and having fun and less time stressed out, um, overwhelmed and worried. So that's what this podcast is going to do for you guys. I'm hoping that you're going to really enjoy it. I'm hoping that it's going to keep you entertained. There's going to be some fun moments. There's going to be some sad moments. I've already recorded several of the um, upcoming podcast interviews. So I'm going to be telling you all about myself. And hopefully that's not going to be an overload. <laughs> but um, And my guests are really going to dive deep into their personal lives. Because you know what? I truly believe that it is our tragedies that make our biggest triumphs. Like they, they really, really do. Because um, it's those things that you know you've butted up against and you've had to learn to overcome that creates this strength, creates this light in you that allows people to share and allows people to overcome it and really excel in their business and their lives. Um, and those are the type of people we're gonna have on the podcast. Now there are those other type of people who something really bad happens to them and they get stuck in it and they don't know how to get out of it and um, you know they they just they get you know they get in that hole and they can't they can't get back out that's those are the people that this podcast is really for because I want to help motivate those type of people um, to be able to pull themselves up through other people's stories because you know what somebody else out there always has it worse than us and somebody else out there always has it better than us and you're going to hear the best and the worst in this podcast. All right, so some of our upcoming guests are going to really share, um, they're going to dive deep. They're going to really, really share their personal stories. Like I said, um, we've got one lady coming up who's um, going to talk about her, um, tra her tragedy to triumph. And we've got um, another lady coming up who has published over 25 books on Amazon. We're going to have my business bestie come on here, and we're also going to have some, we're going to spotlight some of my students. So I'm really excited about that, and that's where we're going with this. We're going to have people in all different types of businesses, um, people that have spiritual business offline, people that have, business, they're mostly going to be businesses online, but people who have maybe had a brick and mortars business offline and, and are now bringing it online, and people who you know, are in those spiritual niches, uh, people who are in the food niches, people who are in the business niche. And what I'm really, really hoping that you guys get out of this is that they are going to really share how they overcame it and how they became successful and how they're, what they're doing to become even more successful. All right? So I talk a lot about prosperity. 
Um, that's my book over there, The Prosperity Planner. And I don't think prosperity is just money. I think prosperity is your health. I think prosperity is your men mental um, ability, like to, to your emotional ability. Um, I also believe that prosperity is really about being happy within yourself so that, you know, you bring that abundance in. And I'm going to start sharing my story with you now because I want to dive deep into that. And um, I hope it doesn't scare you off. I really do. So as I'm talking about this, if you have any questions, please post them. You know, I will always try to answer them. Um, but, you know, I had a huge, huge, huge fear of being visible online. And here I am now. It took me a long time to get over that fear. Sometimes it still comes up a bit. Um, but you know, for the most part, I do it anyway, right? It's like feel that fear and do it anyway. And my fear wasn't just about, you know, um, haters. It was literally about one specific person who I was scared would actually find me and make comments and um, get into my, weasel his way into my life again. So when I was um, in my early 20s, I was engaged, and um, I literally tried to leave and get out of that relationship. And when I went to leave, both me and my son almost died. Now, I'm not going to go into the details of how that happened, but I will tell you that I ended up with sole custody of my son. So his biological father's rights were all taken away from him. He ended up going to jail for a while. And so I was really, really terrified of this man finding me again. So you can probably understand the overwhelm, the stress, the terror. Like I literally moved away from the town I lived in into a bigger city and um, I became unlisted. Um, I didn't go out anywhere. I really, I really had some phobias. And um, now I understand that it was probably PTSD, right? You know, from a really bad trauma. And um, maybe in another episode I'll get into what exactly happened. But um, literally, we, we both almost died. I literally started to lose consciousness in, at one point. And um, I think the only thing that, that you know, made my chest start pumping again was smashing into the floor. Because um, I remember taking that deep breath. And literally, it, it felt like my insights were going to come out. Um, so that was my fear around visibility. So if you have a fear of visibility around getting out online and being social, you know what? Take a deep breath and you know feel into it and do it anyway right because um, the only way to get over those fears is to work through it and to stop allowing somebody else to stop you from doing what you want to do or what you believe is your purpose um, it really takes it really dims your light and it really takes away your energy and that's what i found it had done for me it had really squished me in that way so that i felt um, depleted a lot of the time and fear and shakiness and anxiety and and all of those things. And now I really, um, I'm really excited to be online. I'm really excited to be helping people because a lot of the people that I've come into contact to, they have had traumas, right? And they have had um, ways of working through it and getting through it and moving through it. And I know that there's uh, women out there, and maybe you're one of them, who've been in an abusive relationship and you have that fear of being seen or you know maybe that abusive relationship was really mentally picking at you so that you don't feel good enough to be out here or to be seen or to be heard and I don't want that to happen for you I want you to know that there are people out here like you who are doing it 
and we feel better because we are and we're out here to try and help people like you to to get out here and have your voice heard to be seen um, and to know that you're loved right so that's what we want to do um, so that was my big fear around visibility and as I moved through that you know I tried all kinds of different jobs and things like that and I always ended up quitting a lot of my jobs because I had um, my second son and my second son was born with a severe disability and we thought he was severely autistic and um, by the age of nine the doctor said he's not I can't believe I'm gonna say this but they said he's not smart enough to be autistic and we know now that there's many different levels of autism but they had labeled him as mentally disabled which is a horrible term and it literally I was told when he was nine to take him home wait till he turned 18 and have him institutionalized can you imagine what would you do if somebody said that about one of your kids and I still get really emotional about that because my son now has an amazing life because I was lucky enough to um, have met my husband and um, he was an amazing man or he is an amazing man and he helped you know he really trusted me I'm very intuitive and um, when I don't listen to my intuition things go very very bad <laughs> very very wrong very very bad um, but when I do listen things always seem to fall into place. There's that flow and that ease and that grace that happens when you listen to your intuitive side. I'm just gonna take a quick drink. And um, as, you, as you move through that and you learn to trust yourself, you start realizing that you are making the right decisions for you. And if you're doing things out of love, then it is the right decision for other people in your life too. And that's what I ended up doing with my youngest son. I started every decision that I made I said am I doing this out of fear or am I doing this out of love and if I was doing it out of fear then I'd find another way to make myself feel good about it because I knew as I did things and he got older I was going to explain have to explain why I chose the things I chose one of the biggest things was um, pulling him away from all the medical doctors when he was nine after I after I had that professional say that and that was a specialist not just any doctor it was a, a professionalist um, in, in her area and um, so I pulled him away from the doctors and he was still seeing uh, an eye care team and he was clinically blind in one of his eyes when he was really young and I was told that if we did these drops then it would take out the vision some of the vision out of his good eye but it might bring back some of the vision in his weak eye and I was very very nervous about because I didn't want my son to be blind too like you know he, he was oversensitive to hearing he wasn't speaking and I didn't want him to lose the sight in his other eye so we, um, I ended up saying, you know what, I can't do this out of fear. I have to do this out of love, and one day I'm going to have to explain it to him. So we made an agreement with the doctors that I would come back in every single month and do whatever I had to do to change his prescription if it needed to be changed, and we would make sure that if his vision was going down too low in his good eye, we would stop. We would stop the whole procedure, and I would go month by month um, with this eye procedure of patching and these drops and things like that because we were patching his good eye, putting drops in his, in his good eye and patching it so that he wasn't, he had to use his weak eye. I hope I, I, hope I made that clear. And um, anyway, so after a while, um, he, he did gain the vision in his weak eye and he ended up keeping it. Like he ended up, um, he now has vision in both of his eyes and it's pretty close to equal. He still has to wear glasses, but his glasses are weaker than mine. So it's amazing that we were able to do that. 
but that also comes from some patterning and once again trusting my intuition and leaving this country I'm in Canada leaving this country and going to the States for um, a special to see a specialist um, for brain injured children so that's what happened all this stuff happened in my early 20s um, all of my 20s and anyway we moved all the way through that so I had a really hard time keeping a job because you know it took a lot of um, efforts for for my for my sons I didn't want to leave them and I was very overprotective and I was always scared things were gonna happen um, so it was a you know pretty anxiety filled and I always knew I needed a business that I could work from home and around my kids so that's where my entrepreneurial life really started was in my 20s you know and I did you know Mary Kay and other MLMs and things like that and I loved it it was also getting out of the house and it was meeting other women and you know having my time away from the kids um, I love my kids but you know I needed that time away too right to, to just be an adult um, and then you know in my 30s we ended up buying a farm which I'd always wanted and we live really we live on the edge of the city so we're really really lucky our financial situation changed it went from drastic you know with all of those things that we were doing and it started changing and um, and it, it got better and we ended up actually purchasing a farm just at the edge of a city so we're like we're the closest horse farm into the city so I'm literally like 15 to 20 minutes from like the biggest mall in our um, in our province so I'm, I feel really really lucky to have that country setting but yet have all the amenities of hospitals and shopping and all of those things that um, are afforded the city living right and great restaurants great restaurants and things like that um, but things really took a turn in my um, like in my 40s in my early 40s because um, I ended up hurting my back and I not just hurt it I literally ended up um, busting one of the vertebrae and I had two more that were bulging and on the verge of uh, rupturing and it literally knocked me out and it took me a couple of years to um, get I know I'm saying I'm a lot I'm sorry <laughs> it took me a couple of years to figure out what was going on because the doctors um, just kept saying that you know there's nothing really wrong you just pull it probably pull the muscle uh, and the pain was excruciating and I had kept trying to work through it and finally I ended up collapsing um, in 2017 and realized and that's when they realized that I had ruptured one of the discs like I re like ruptured it again and um, all the fluid had leaked out so it's not there anymore and then had, still had two more bulging so I have been in as of 2018 I have been in physiotherapy now for a year and a half almost actually almost two years actually I think it's been two years that I've been in physiotherapy almost two and a half I'm trying to do the numbers it didn't seem like it was that long but yeah two and a half years and the things that have had to happen because of that are unbelievable so when I got hurt this last time in 2017 I actually ended up in bed for like four months uh, the first six weeks I couldn't I couldn't move my husband actually had to help me get up to go to the toilet because I couldn't put any pressure on my spine at all and I couldn't I literally couldn't do anything by myself like nothing I couldn't roll over by myself I could only move my fingers and toes and that was excruciating pain but as I lied there and I couldn't I couldn't do anything all I could do was 
lay there with my own thoughts, with my own ideas. Um, and I'm a big believer in energy. And I always have been. So I would tell myself, I'm better today than I was yesterday. Today is better than yesterday was. And I would just keep telling myself that over and over and over again. You know, I'm better today than I was yesterday. Today is a better day. And any time that I started feeling sorry for myself, I'd just say, you know what, I'm better now than I was yesterday. And I would tell myself, I can still move my fingers and my toes. I'm so lucky. I'm in pain because my body's healing. I'm so lucky. And I literally think that's the only thing that ever got me through it. So um, during those couple of months, I ended up realizing that I needed to have a business that was going to support me wherever I was. If I was laying down in bed, it was going to need to support me. If I was um, going to visit my parents in another province, it needed to still support me. Because when I went down this time, I literally almost took all, like, you know, my family and all of our finances down with us because it had been about a year for me to recover. And during that year, my husband had to spend a lot of time home with me. And that meant that he lost like almost half his income that year, right? Like that was, you know, we'd always made six figures like over the past um, 10, 15 years. And that year was the first year in probably about 15 years that he didn't, he didn't get to do that, right? And it was really difficult because we needed even more money because I was hurt. And we had lost all my income because we had to get rid of all the horse borders um, early in that tragedy. And I couldn't do it anymore so we had to sell off our own horses um, to pay for things and because we couldn't physically look after them anymore so we ended up you know getting down from our 10 to just four horses and I had a flip on the go and I was doing property management at the same time so when I say I love to work I really mean I love to work I love people I loved property management but I had to let that go because I couldn't get up to go and show the properties or you know if somebody had a problem I couldn't go to them and, and fix it so I had to let that all go and I also had a flip on the go at the time and that flip was supposed to be only about four or five months at the max and that flip had to get stalled and it took us two years to flip that freaking property because I literally we couldn't do anything for that first year right and then we when we did get out of it we had to build up our finances again to get enough money to finish it before we sold it. So literally we almost really decapitated ourselves financially, but we were really lucky because we did have a property, um, a duplex that we were able to sell that year to keep us afloat. And with selling everything else off, we were able to stay afloat. So that was really, really hard. And all this stuff happened in 2016. So in during that time when I was laying down, I realized that women do business very differently than men. And I kept hearing these thoughts and these, um, these words coming and all of this stuff. So once I was able to start moving again, I started writing. I started being able to write and to type. And I came up with the Divine Feminine Tetrad, which is a way that us as women feel like we need to do business because it aligns with us and who we are our femininity, as well as our um, 
our giving nature, right? Like, you know, men give too, but as women, sometimes we feel like we need to overgive and we need to overshare. Maybe I'm doing that now in this podcast. <laughs> Um, you can let me know in the comments if you don't like it, so that's fine. Um, or if you you know want to give me thumbs up for sharing all this, then you can give me thumbs up too. Okay. Um, but yeah, we do business differently. We get afraid of asking for the sales sometimes, and we get afraid that you know we're um, we want to make sure that we overgive and have other people underpay us. Usually, usually that's a big thing. And as women, a lot of times women don't have a lot of energy around money either, so they don't know how to how to handle it or how to make it grow or how to make themselves grow to ask for more um, because they're used to being taken care of. All right, so that is part of what the Divine Feminine Tetrad is. It is a way for women to really work with archetypes and the seasons. Um, there's four different stages that a woman goes through, and it's just an amazing, amazing, um, I don't, I, a course, you know, to be able to show people so that it makes a difference in, in women's lives. All right, so that's, um, so now we're caught up to when, uh, 2017, <laughs> so now we're caught up to 20, um, all the way through 2017, and then in 2018, what I decided that I needed to do is I needed to start doing something again. I needed to start working. I needed to stop um, focusing on myself and focus on other people because I I couldn't just wallow in the pain I couldn't just wallow in you know how everything was hurting and things like that so as soon as I was able to get up a little bit uh, I started making phone calls and I started coaching one-to-one -one again and I went back to what I knew because I had an online business and I was teaching raw food and nutrition because that had helped my son so much uh, to heal and to be able to get better and my son's doing amazing now. Both my boys are doing amazing now. And um, I'll talk about them in a later podcast, too. <laughs> so this is just to give you the overview of how everything started and how we get to this podcast. When I started to coach one-to-one, -one, I did it through nutrition and raw food because that's what I had been doing online. So as I was working through that, I realized that most of the questions that I was getting asked were, you know, how did you create those recipe books? They're fantastic. They're really good. How did you know to get started and you know put your courses out there? How did you get 400 plus people uh, to buy that course? How did you? And then I just it was just always how did you do this? How did you do that? And then that got me into realizing that I wanted to talk more about um, sacred commerce and you know the divine feminine tetrad and how women do business and how I think that we should be doing business this way on the internet because it feels really good and you know I think we can really excel this way. So I ended up starting to coach women one-to-one -one on business, and it went really well. I started to really enjoy that, and I realized that this was lighting me up as I was healing. It was really lighting me up. It was really getting my energy up again, really allowing me to enjoy uh, working again, uh, whereas the, the food wasn't. I mean, I had cooked in restaurants before I had my kids, so, you know, I was kind of, after, you know, what, 20 years of, of that, you know, I was ready for to move away from my whole life, you know, revolving around food. If I had my options now, I'd actually hire a housekeeper and a cook, right? So that's on my list for the next person to actually hire. So that's what I did. I started coaching about business, and I started coaching uh, about how to start online businesses and how to get visible and things like that. And I still had a lot of issues that I had to work through myself. 
And I think it was a big inspiration for people to see that, you know, even though I had this fear, I was doing it. And if somebody said that they needed to do something, then I was like, well, you know what, let's do it together. And we would. And that would help me and it would help them. And it was like a win-win situation all the time. So at the end of 2018, me and my business bestie, who I'd met online, and you know we've been uh, coaching together now for over a year, and we have ha we have an amazing relationship. But I've, we've never met in person, so I can't wait to meet her in person. And you're going to hear from her uh, in just a couple weeks about her and what she does, and she's got a lot to share too. So. As I was coaching about people, or as I was coaching people on business, what I realized is that I really, really, really wanted to have a membership. And I really wanted it to be high, high value membership with lots of coaching and master classes and a strategy of uh, a layout plan, like everything that I didn't have when I got started online. That's what I wanted it to be. But I wanted it to also be very low cost. And Every time I brought it up to one of my mentors or one of my coaches, they would say, don't do it, don't do it. And I heard that for about a year, you know, don't do it, don't do it. And anyway, I decided uh, at the end of 2018, between Christmas and New Year's, that I was going to put out a special and we were going to start that membership. And I started it with my business bestie. And we started it and it went really, really well for those first few months. And so well, in, in fact, that we decided that we would actually um, pull it apart a bit and instead of it just being one membership we would still we would go back to having a low-end membership right um, low cost high value and we would also have a mastery program we were able to really work out experiment and work out a lot of the kinks and everything like that to have our membership the way that we wanted it and now we have a joint mastery program together but yet we both have our uh, high-value low-end memberships and she has hers and I have mine so that our clients that really resonate with her, uh, they can be in hers because she does a lot of speaking, she does a lot of events, she does a lot of live stuff, and I do all online. So that's where we kind of separate. So her membership is more like that, and mine is more the online, the technical. Um, uh, they're both technical, but mine is more of a, a streamlined plan, step-by-step, -step, where I lead people through the whole process. So that is where we are now. It's 2018, and I'm enjoying that, and I'm about to, now that we've just pulled apart the mastery program and the membership program, we are just about to launch that membership, and we'll be launching that membership now every, right now it's going to be like every quarter or something like that, and then it'll go to a couple times a year, and then maybe once a year. I haven't worked at all those details yet, but I know it's opening up uh, in July, which it's now July, <laughs> so if you're listening to this in July, uh, it is open now and um, for the founding members. And if it's after July, then you know what? There's always a way for you to get on the, onto the wait list and, or to learn more about me. And you can listen to more podcasts or you can check me out at the businessbuilderslab.com or lefaypie.com. And hopefully I haven't like overpowered you with my story Hopefully, I've given you some information to realize that, you know what, no matter what your circumstances are, you can overcome them. That was the whole point of this podcast was to say, you know what, no matter what you're in and how bad you think it is or how, um, how much you think you can't dig your way out of it, you always, always can. 
All right, so, you know, this wasn't to, you know, make anybody feel or think that, you know, their situation isn't bad because some of the situations out there are really, really bad. But I just want you to know that there's always an exit strategy. We just have to ask better questions and come up with a way to do that and a way to pivot and a way to move through it. All right, so that is the end of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If not, then listen, listen to our other guests. I know it was a mouthful this one this time around because it's podcast number one and we're trying to share everything or I'm trying to share everything and you know just let you know who I am, where I'm coming from, and how things can move forward for you. And you know, definitely write some comments below. Let me know what you think and um, blessings. And I hope to see you soon and take care. And we'll see you later. Bye.